pushing buttons and pulling triggers. This is Gun Funny. Welcome to Gun Funny episode 338. Today I'm going to chat with DJ McLean from Arms Directory, discuss oral arguments at SCOTUS on bump stocks, highlight the new P365 Raider, and talk about the ruling on the NRA case in New York. I'm your host, Ava Flannell. DJ, how are you doing today? Oh, I'm doing fine. Thank you. Good. I think I pronounced it right. Ra- it should be radar, Raider instead of Radar. Raider? I don't know. It's one of those days, guys. If you don't know, I'm actually I'm filming on a Friday, even though this comes out Monday. And I got to say, this week has just been pretty hectic. But again, I wouldn't change it for the world. It definitely beats working in a cubicle or for anyone else. So I do love it, but I'm I'm feeling it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Before we start talking about arms directory, uh, I wanted to talk about BSF barrels real quick. They make some really amazing carbon fiber tensioned barrels to upgrade your ARs, but they also have the new bullet carrier groups. And um, I just recently put them in a few of my guns. I'm really impressed with it. Essentially, so they have BCGs uh, for AR-15s and AR-10s, neither black nitride or nickel boron. The AR-15, you can get them for standard 5.56, 300 blackout, as well as 6.5 Grendel and 9mm, ranging from 169 to 189, depending on the finish that you guys choose. And then when it comes to the AR-10 platform, they range from 189 to 229, which is even more competitive for a good AR-10 BCG. They're both in stock right now, so definitely jump on that. Head on over to bsfbarrels.com. Remember to use the code ELITE15, all one word, that's E-L-I-T-E, one five and you're going to get 15% off. Learn the things you never knew on deconstructing the industry. DJ, thank you so much for joining me today. You're from Arms Directory and for those who are not familiar with Arms Directory, can you just give us like a just a brief rundown of what it is that the company does? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are armsdirectory.com. So we are a, a website. And I, I think the important thing is understanding the uh, underlying reason why we exist. And many of us have noticed uh, social media bans, throttling, uh, account deactivation, you know, maybe other companies uh, holding your money at the bank. At the end of the day, uh, we found that there is a problem with discovery, connection, and transaction. And so our website, we're building currently the foundational future of the firearms industry in a modern enterprise level sort of way. Um, Our industry sort of uh, lacks a lot of tech expertise, and that really comes from, you know, the different companies in San Francisco not wanting to uh, build for our industry um, and, and actively fighting against it. So our mission is to empower users and the industry to uh, be able to connect and promote their business, um, talk with their friends. So at our core, we are a business directory, a place where you can uh, put your business information in, uh, gather reviews, things of that nature. 
And uh, we will continually search optimize your listing. Uh, we have, uh, without getting it in, into too many technical aspects of it, we uh, structured our website so that the uh, data coming out of it is exactly what big search engines want to see and uh, love to eat, basically. Mm. So that just by claiming your listing, you'll show up on all the search engines. Well, if you didn't have that, you would have to go continually monitor and build your own website um, just to be found on search, which is a very costly thing that can cost up to uh, $50,000 monthly. Well, this is a, a free, easy alternative. Hmm. Uh, on top of that, we have uh, groups, group messaging. Um, we have social media. We, we have a blog, which uh, if you're a business, you can sponsor. And so really, we're just trying to put customers and businesses together at the same time as have a place where you can go search for the latest products, uh, find like-minded individuals, uh, create groups for your friends or your business, and um, find other products near you. Nice. Well, I love that, especially nowadays, because I will say it, it just seems to be getting worse and worse. And even this week, I noticed that Linktree, in which I, you know, it's crazy how many companies out there are like taking a stance against guns and even companies that like you would think like, why were you, you know, I'm pretty sure Linktree is not even, they're not even based here in the US. So it was just kind of crazy to me that they're taking a stance. But I noticed that a lot of my friends in the industry that don't even sell guns, they're just, you know, content creators and they were getting kicked off Linktree. And so when I saw that, I was like, well, I'm not going to support Linktree, which I give like $6 a month to. And so I canceled my account with them. But it's like, it's just crazy how our industry is, you know, between like banks, you know, cutting us off, social media, either shadow banning us or just completely, you know, just deleting our account without any notice, you know, YouTube, all that stuff. It's crazy to me how much they're just treating us as if we're criminals, like as if we're doing some sort of criminal activity when it's literally, you know, written in our constitution, like this is our right to do so and how much they're just, you know, they're making us feel like, like we're doing something that we shouldn't be doing when like, this is literally like the definition of America. Like this is what, you know, our founding fathers like made America from, and it just blows my mind. So I definitely think that there is, you know, a need for this. And it's a shame to see so many business have to fight, you know, through this. Even just before I had you on, I was on the phone with an ear pro company and, you know, they'll do some like Facebook ads and stuff. And and I asked them, I'm like, well, when you do those ads, do you include firearms in your picture? And they said that they have to cut the gun off or just like kind of just, you know, only show like a little part of it. But if they show the entire firearm, then it usually doesn't get approved for advertising which is just, you know, it's just so dumb to me. Yeah, absolutely. And then on top of that, so aside from arms directory, it actually just came to my attention that you also are, is it one of the owners of Lionheart Industries? Yeah, yeah. I'm an owner and I'm a, a founder of Lionheart Industries. So uh, yeah, we're our own nine millimeter uh, pistol brand. Uh, we've been around since about 2011. Wow, that's really cool. So I also was telling you, so when I was at TriggerCon, I got together with Dalen, Civilian Tactical, and he was recording a video for his YouTube channel. And he was like, all right, I'm going to ask you, you know, your top three guns. And like we went around, you know, TriggerCon and, and we found him and I showed him off and stuff like that. But the Vulcan 9 was one of my top three. And I just thought that it was just really innovative for what it was. 
And I just thought it was kind of cool. So I did not, I mean, it just goes to show how much research I do before I have a guest on my channel. But in some ways, it's good because then I get to learn with my listeners. (laughs) (laughs) So tell, so you said Lionheart's been around since 2011. And you guys came out with this. So I'm trying to think what pistols is it? It's just the Vulcan series that you guys have. Yeah, so currently, so we've been going through different iterations of different generations of pistols. I think it's important if if it's okay, I can rewind to the beginning of that story so you can understand how we yeah. ended up uh, where we are and why Arms Directory came out of that. Yeah, absolutely. I would love that. Yeah, so uh, back in 2011, there was an open bid in Korea, actually, for World War II surplus, uh, M1 Garands, carbines, all sorts of accessories. I mean, there's an absolute gold mine sitting over there. Um, so we partnered with the State Department, all the biggest distributors, uh, the Korean government and military. I went over there for a couple months, uh, traveled around the country and uh, looked at all of the M1s and the other surplus. Um, I'm one of a very limited few of uh, number of people that has been able to do that. As the military was saying when they were looking at my passport, um, you're the first white person that's ever been here. And so I thought that was was kind of neat to be able to look at all that old World War II surplus. You know, it got shipped over there after World War II, came back through the uh, Springfield Armory mm-hmm. for uh, some refinishing and then ended up right over in Korea for the Korean, uh, I guess it's a war, but we're supposed to call it a conflict. Mm-hmm. So at that point, we had a letter from, uh, believe it or not, the Obama administration to go over there and get this stuff. So right at the last minute, uh, that was pulled out from under our feet. Um, So basically, Obama said that the M1s would end up in the hands of gang members uh, so that we, we could not import them. And if you know an M1, it's an antique firearm that weighs about a million pounds and Mm -hmm shoots an ammo that's not readily available. So we, we know that's not really the truth behind that. But that was towards the beginning of, you know, the school shootings, things of that nature. So there was a lot of political pressure to uh, block that. So ever since we have been involved in that um, bid, we've been in constant communication with both governments. And we're still pushing on bringing those uh, items home. And my goal was to return the M1s to the families of the soldiers. So wow. because everything's so well tracked, you can look at the serial number and figure out who owned it or who uh, who it was issued to. So we're still, we're still on that mission. But um, because of that, we were standing at the armory in Korea and we said, well, you guys have a bunch of uh, great firearms you've developed. Back in the day when uh, the Korean conflict was going on, we actually went to the Colt factory, took the blueprints of that factory exactly and recreated it in Korea in order to turn on, you know, 1911s and, you know, uh, M16s so that we could fight. Um, So there's literally two Colt factories. Most people don't know that. Um, But over the years, they were paying royalties on all these items. So they decided to kind of make hybrids and some of their own designs. Uh, one of those is called the K5 pistol, which is their military pistol, which uh, turned into our LH9 pistol. So in the beginning, we they were the manufacturer. I went through their uh, armory and their manufacturing processes. I updated them. I spoke to the wonderful people at Cerakote, implemented Cerakote into their factory and, you know, really just modernized the design and manufacturing processes. 
and said, okay, we will form a company called Lionheart Industries and we will be the ones selling it in America. You will be the manufacturers. So because I'm a mechanical and manufacturing engineer, the next thing that happened is we opened our own factory here and we're in Washington state. Um, So we started producing these here locally because we wanted to make more changes to them faster. And that turned out uh, through COVID, we moved our business for obvious reasons to Georgia. Mm -hmm. And so it's currently located right outside of Atlanta. We make every single piece of that firearm. We own all the machines. It's not a rebranded something else. Um, We've redesigned all the internals to work better and better. So, um, and it's based on a firearm that's an infantry pistol. So it has over 30 years in service. Um, It's really robust. It's, It's just made to be abused. So that's kind of where we started with that. But you can see being a manufacturer, we, we got the opportunity to work in every corner of the firearms industry, you know, obviously import, export, but through all the manufacturing licenses, we were a dealer, we've done distribution, you know, uh, led uh, sales rep teams, the whole thing. And in that process, we realized if we were a cupcake manufacturer, we could use all the tools on the internet, you mm-hmm. know, Google Apps things of that nature, but we couldn't. And so we got so frustrated that we brought on a new uh, partner in Lionheart who runs the entire thing. So we can focus on arms directory, protecting our rights and offering modern tools for all these poor business owners to use. Because right now it is a daily uphill struggle with an uncertain future. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I'm going to take a quick break. Talk about Gators. Gators just released new frames in FDE and OG green for the blast shields. And I've become a huge fan of the blast shields. They're definitely my go-to, especially when I'm shooting on the range. They have a bunch of different color lenses, including low light lenses. I honestly, I prefer the purple. I think it just kind of gives you like a nice pop and it doesn't look like I, I, they do have the clear ones. I don't love the clear ones as much. So I'm either doing the purple, like the super, super light purple or a little bit deeper purple or the ones that, you know, I'd wear outside and they're just they're really, really nice and they're super easy to swap out. So if you go from like, you know, different types of light or maybe you're shooting, you know, and the sun starts to go down and now you don't need, you know, that polarized lens anymore, you can switch it out and just really nice. So check it out. Use the URL gators.com forward slash Ava15. And by doing so, you'll get 15% off your entire order. DJ, how long has Arms Directory been around for? Um, we've been working on this project for probably eight years now. Um, originally, it was internal to Lionheart Industries. We were just trying to make a dealer map for our website and realized that nothing like that existed. But um, about three years ago is when we really formed a business and, you know, business plan and all of that stuff and uh, started pushing. Hmm. And how, what, like, what was that like getting it lifted off the ground? Well, to build a site like this, it's not like an average site. It's, it's a live code base. So it, the level of difficulty is through the roof mm-hmm. and the amount of resources it takes are also through the roof. So it was a very... I'll say time consuming and expensive process to make a site that could handle, you know, a million users. It's it's not just an out of the box thing. It's all custom code. Hmm. 
Interesting. Yeah, I can only imagine. I mean, that's why other people haven't done it, right? Or if they've done it, it's like, I'm like, what was it that, uh, was it Donald Trump um, that he said he was going to start and everybody jumped on? And then like what people don't realize is like, even if there's another app, unfortunately, in order to, and I'm going to screw this up because I'm not very tech savvy, but in order to house that app, I mean, even like Apple was saying like, yeah, they're not going to house that app. And I mean, there was other like hoops to jump through. So even if you could afford to make an app that would work very similar to other social media platforms or other directory platforms or anything like that, you also had to find somebody willing to essentially, and I don't know if the word house is really the word that I would be using, but do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, you know, we we built this from the dirt up. Uh, we made sure our servers are all in America. Your data never leaves the country. And we even became our own internet service provider along the way. So there are a million layers to this, to not just build a site like this, but to do it in the firearms industry is uniquely challenging because every step of the way, you hit a roadblock. So you have to build your own custom code or find another provider and make sure that you sign a bunch of hefty contracts that you know, you're not going to turn us off for this sort of content. And so a lot of lawyers were involved because we really knew we needed to build a stable foundation for our industry. Mm -hmm. The the rug's not going to get pulled out from under us uh, uh, overnight, a lot like with your Linktree experience. You never know when the other shoe is going to drop. And that's that's a hard life to live in, especially when running a business is Mm -hmm. hard enough on its own. Absolutely. I agree. Run me through your website. So I'm on your website right now. So we have the home when I click on explore. So that's when I could see your page or I'm sorry, not your page. I could see like the the news feed and trending posts. And this kind of seems like it has more of a like social media touch to it. And there's people where you would create an account and then tell me, like walk me through uh, a little bit more like how it works. Yeah, absolutely. So the explore page is our social media feed and a lot of the normal social media features that you would expect to see. We are always building new things in the background. We're building a new Explore page that has mixed content and is even more modern and integrated. Yeah. And so on that page, you can also uh, find other members and groups and start chats. Uh, You can have invisible groups. You can have private invite-only groups. You can have public groups. Uh, and even within the groups, there are sub forums. So if you want to split it out into different topics, uh, you can feel free to do that. Hmm. Yeah, I actually right now I'm retrieving my password because I forgot my password. That's really cool, though. And then could you possibly sell a gun? Like, are you let's say if you're because, you know, when you think arms directory, I get like now, like I understand. So it's, you know, directory for firearm companies. But let's say you wanted to do a private sale. Is that something that you guys offer or no? Yeah, um, through the platform, you know, there's a group specifically, one of our larger groups is Buy, Sell, Trade. Um, The only thing we need to do as a platform is to make sure that people do that through FFLs. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the the way we must talk to avoid uh, federal law issues and things of that nature. I know some states don't require that, but as a platform, uh, we need to do that to protect the whole. But absolutely, People do that every single day. Hmm. Okay, cool. And then I'm also assuming that you can post, you know, like, uh, for example, I see uh, Mike, Mr. Guns and Gear, he's active on here. And I'm assuming he's already 
you know, uh, conquered the entire thing with all of his links. You know, mm-hmm. I was giving crap about how he always has like affiliate links and stuff like that. But I'm assuming that, you know, I could be like, hey, guys, there's this awesome gun that's on sale and post an affiliate link for it. And that would be, you know, that would be OK as well. Yeah. Um, you know, with as with any social platform, at the end of the day, uh, we want to make sure that the content is valuable to the user. Mm-hmm. So if you're posting 100 links a day, we'll, we'll probably contact you about that and maybe say to tone it down. But we do really want to be a free speech platform. So there, there, it's just a fine line to draw in about a million directions. But we're really trying our best to keep it as open as possible. And unlike other platforms, when you post on our social feed, it shows up now and it shows up to everyone. Mm-hmm. And that everyone is a 100% saturated market of all of us uh, firearm owners, unlike Facebook, where it's just a small percentage. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a lot more effective. Um, yeah. I know you're not getting shadow banned and people are like, oh, I didn't even see that post. And it's like, well, yeah, because, you know, got to love social media, you know, so I get it. I'm going to take another quick break. Talk about Mantis. If you haven't checked out the Blackbeard X yet, you definitely need to. It gives you the capability of the Mantis X along with the trigger reset of the Blackbeard, so you don't have to rack the charging handle on your AR for every shot. And then there's also a new version for the SIG MCX, which, you know, the MCX is a bunch of different guns, not just like that one model. Um, so that's really handy as well. In addition to the normal analysis, it gives you analysis based on your movement. It tracks your delay to get on target and it gives you metrics on how you could increase your speed without affecting accuracy. It shows you how much you're over travel and target transitions and the path of transition. It is incredibly helpful. And this is exactly why even competition shooters are using it. Check it out, mantisx.com. I have another quick point that I don't think people generally think about when they think about our industry online, and that would be self-censorship. Not only are the platforms censoring us, but now we have created our own, you know, spent our time and money creating our own following, linking to all of our friends online. Um, But at the end of the day, we don't want to lose that group. So what do we do when these new rules come down is we censor all of our messages. We water them down so that they're barely even effective and barely even get the point over to whoever you're trying to talk to. And so I think it's very interesting to pay attention to how much you're actually censoring your own words, images, videos online. I I just think it's so sad to see. Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to continue with going throughout your website and then you have the, so that was the explore section and now you have the blog post. So from my understanding, it looks like, I mean, there's definitely a lot of helpful articles in here, but who is writing these articles? Is it, is it your staff? Yeah. Okay. Nice. Okay, cool. And then once I clicked on the blog, now I see feed groups, members, business finder. I wonder if it's, did it change because I just logged in? Um, It does. The menu does change with a few more options. Just to confuse you. Yeah. Well, I was like, wait a minute. I was like, I didn't see groups before this or members. (laughs) (laughs) And then you also have the claim your business. And I'm wondering, I'm like, huh, maybe I should claim my, my firearms instruction business. I wonder if, 
you know, I mean, you never know. But essentially, what would that help if I were to claim my business? It's just going to show up on more like if somebody Googles me, it has like it increases SEO or it increases uh, my chances of like other people seeing it. What does that do for a business? Yeah, a- absolutely. So um, not just does it give you a central place to link out of that's not going to go away, but it does give you all the different reviews and contact information, etc. But what that really does is most people don't understand that directories are the foundation of the internet. Mm-hmm. And of all of us on one platform together is giant. I mean, compared to just trying to say SEO your own website, like I was mentioning earlier, the directory will do it for you and in a more powerful way than you could ever do. So it's really imperative that people kind of realize that and uh, just simply claim a listing or if you're not on there, uh, go ahead and add it. We've already pre-added all of the FFLs uh, in America So if you have an FFL, you should be able to find your business and just click claim. But if not, you can scroll to the bottom and say, add your listing. Very nice. That's cool. All right. Well, wrapping up this interview. So is there any future news or anything that's happening in the future that you can share with us as far as Lionheart Industries or Arms Directory? Well, I can say for Lionheart right now, we're uh, absolutely backlogged. We have more orders than we can handle. Um, so everything is going great over there. Nice. Uh, on the arms directory side, I, I just want everyone to know that what you see here is not the end. We work seven days a week and we have a, a large coding team. Um, our team is right, ranked top 20 in the world. So they're not a bunch of slouches that are doing this. They're uh, Silicon Valley level individuals. Mm-hmm. Nice. And in the future, uh, dare I say, you know, I like to under-promise and over-deliver, but just because we're talking, I'll mention that, um, so if you add products to your business listing, we're working on a marketplace where anything you add on your listing will automatically show up, you know, on a map in the marketplace so people can find what you have. We would really uh, like to get into events and um, some things of that nature. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, e-learning, a uh, whole platform for that. We're thinking that'd be very useful for training. You could, uh, you know, as a creator, you could make your own training programs and even sell them through the platform. And I guess one other little point is on the business listings, we are going to add in bookable services because our industry is bigger than just firearms businesses. There are attorneys and, you know, other people that do services. I mean, we want people to be able to book them directly through the platform. Hmm. That's yeah, that's actually a great idea. Very cool. I like it. Okay, so if anybody wants to sign up at Arms Directory, what is the best way to do so? Uh, you could go straight to armsdirectory.com slash register, and that'll just be the uh, quick, quick and easy registration page. It is important to note that you need to sign up for a social account first, whether you're a business or an individual. And then after you have your social account, you can claim your listing with that social account and it will link them. Okay. Very cool. Moving on with the rest of the show, if you guys are looking for a new EDC, definitely check out the Masada Slim. It's one of my favorites. It's my go-to for carry 
they're showing up a lot more now. Several of my followers or Patreons and the Patreon group have gotten them now. So definitely keep an eye out. And if you're having a hard time tracking one down, just do a Google search or maybe even ARMS directory. If you haven't seen it yet, it's basically between like a P365 and a P365 XL in terms of size. It has a 3.6 inch barrel. And like the other Masadas, it's optic ready out of the box. It's compatible with the Shield optic footprints. So you could use the Holosyn 507K, the Romeo Zero and similar slim micro dots. Sights are the same as the normal Masada if you want to change them. It comes with a flat face trigger, super clean and crisp. And then it also comes with two 13-round mags or 10 rounds if you live in restricted states. Best of all, you could also use a full-size Jericho mag. It's compatible with that. And then also MSRP only 450 So it's not going to break the bank as much as some other guns will. And again, that's MSRP. So, you know, you would typically find it for a little bit less than that. Check it out, IWI.us. Don't forget to use the code GUNFUNNY15, all one word, and that's going to get you 15% off any of the accessories that you find in the web store. Politics. What is going on in the world today? It's political AF. Today in politics. So DJ, have you been following what all is going on with like the bump stock ban and all of that? I sure have. Yep. <laughs> I was gonna I mean, I was gonna say for me, I mean, it's kind of hit or miss because there's just so many lawsuits right now that are coming out. And then on top of that, I don't know how it is in your state, but like Colorado right now is getting bombarded with all these potential anti-gun bills. So like staying on top of that, picking and choosing like, all right, which ones can I, you know, testify at and alerting everybody. And like, I swear, it's just a full time job when it comes to politics and, and fighting for our rights. But uh, SCOTUS hears oral argument on bump stocks. On Wednesday, the Supreme Court of the United States heard oral arguments in Garland versus Cargyle. Michael Cargyle from Texas sued the government over the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, Firearms and Explosives illegal reclassification of bump stocks as illegal machine guns. At the time, many foolishly said bump stocks are stupid. Let them have it. But it set the stage for ATF using the same unconstitutional process to try banning braces, change the rules on frames and receivers and much more, which is what I've been saying this whole time. And again, if you give them an inch, they take a mile. All of this is deliberate attempt to make criminals of law-abiding citizens without any change in law to do so. Michael Cargyle has spent the last several years fighting this first attempt against bump stocks, and in Blanc, a panel of the Frith Circuit, sided with Cargyle by a 13-3 margin, citing that ATF violated the Administrative Procedures Act in declaring the rule. On Wednesday, arguments were heard from both the government and plaintiffs. It will be a while before we have a ruling, but here are some interesting points from the hearing. The key arguments are around the legal definition of how a trigger functions as we've known all along. The actual definition is that the single function of the trigger is the mechanical action releasing the hammer after pulling the trigger. This is actually what the ATF has said for decades. ATF tried a bunch of absurd arguments, including arguing that the four-stock is part of a trigger and any action that follows the pull of a trigger not just a single action, and ignored the fact that the trigger must be pulled every single time. Justice Alito appeared to agree with the defendants and asked why the release of the hammer by the seer was not considered a function of the trigger. Clarence Thomas also seemed hostile to the government's attempts to reclassify bump stocks. 
the other conservative justices didn't seem to be in the same camp. Justice Jackson, a Biden appointee, was openly hostile to the plaintiff's stance. She tried to state that if something makes a gun fire more rapidly, it should be a machine gun. Clearly, Jerry Mikulik would obviously be outlawed if this was the case. She and other liberal justices clearly had no familiarity with firearm operations or technology and tried to incorrectly argue that the trigger didn't have to be pulled every time it fires, which is what I've run into is all of these people that are setting the present for, you know, what our, our laws are going to be have no, you know, clear concept of how these guns or mechanisms or any of that works. And it's very frustrating. She also said that bump stocks make a gunfire 800 rounds a second or whatever. That was per quote. <laughs> Justice Sotomayor tried to argue it isn't about the function of the trigger, but the function of the shooter and argued that bump stocks violate the quote unquote spirit of the law rather than the actual text of the National Firearms Act, ignoring the fact that trigger accelerating devices existed at the time it was drafted and they were specifically not included in the NFA. Justice Kagan, through multiple hypothetical arguments, tried to imply that bump stocks are designed to circumvent the law regulating machine guns. She even talked about voice activation triggers, which obviously don't exist. So it's pretty clear how the liberal justices will vote. So it's up to the conservative justices in this case, as we've known all along. It is scary how ignorant, as I said, of firearms and these people that are ultimately, you know, these these decision makers are going to affect our, you know, our future with these guns. And, and they clearly have no concept of how an actual trigger works, you know, or even really the law for that matter. And the fact that ATF doesn't even have the authority to change the law and rewrite the law and change the definition of what a machine gun is. I would say right now, stay tuned to see how things play out. But uh I don't know. I guess it's hard to say based on what we've heard so far, but I guess we'll just we'll see, you know. But it's definitely frustrating. I think it should become a requirement that the the person speaking about this or the people making the laws should have some fundamental knowledge about mm -hmm. what they're talking about. How uh, you wouldn't see that in any other industry. I, I just no. don't understand that. I know. Absolutely. I know. I mean, even if yeah, I mean, that's that's actually like really well said. I mean, if we were to hire a, I mean, really an expert on any matter, especially when it affects millions of people's lives, like you would hire somebody who had the knowledge and skills to implement their opinion. And obviously, that's not the case when it comes to politics. And I mean, same thing when I was arguing over the potential assault weapons ban that they uh, tried to pass last year, which it's here again this year. And I think I wrapped up my statement by saying, unless you guys know what a barrel shroud, a uh, foregrip, a whatever, whatever, like all the things that they were trying to say made the gun more deadly. But I was like, unless you guys actually know what that is, you have no right on voting for this bill. And I'm sure that ticked off a lot of people, but it would be great if like we could ask them questions like, all right, well, tell me what is a barrel shroud and what makes this so deadly or, or so much more, you know, like it's, it just blows my mind. I don't know. It's really, it's really difficult for me to wrap my mind around it. Well, as long as they're making up facts, maybe we need to do that as well. I know. <laughs> this segment is brought to you from Rose by Sig Sauer. 
I'm here with Tina Hobson. She attended the Chicago Rose Retreat, which I didn't have the opportunity to do. But Tina, I'm really excited to hear just details of the Chicago trip. Because it seemed like, you know, I mean, yours was very different from the Nashville retreat, but just like SIG fashion, it doesn't seem like they, you know, they cut any expenses. Like it just seemed like a really good time. So can you kind of just give us like a synopsis of what the trip included? Absolutely. We arrived in Chicago and um, we got to the hotel and right away uh, we went to the room that SIG had set up. And when we walk in the door, there's Lena waiting to greet us with a smile. And she gave us all hugs and gave us our bag full of goodies. And um, then we went back to our room, started unpacking our items that we brought with us and got ready for dinner that night. And then they we went to Gino's in Chicago. It's the oldest uh, pizza establishment in the city of Chicago. We walked there from our hotel. Most of the places we went were within walking distance. So we were able to walk uh, through the beautiful city of Chicago each day. That's actually really nice because I noticed like when I went to Chicago, I mean, the architecture there is amazing. So it's yeah. like nice that you guys also got to fly into the city and not just, you know, spend time with like, you know, Lena and Rose Retreat, but like you could also see like parts of the city as well. Yes. Yeah, so even on one afternoon, we were given some free time where we were able to walk around and shop. And so we got to go down to the magnificent mile um, and then just go in all those shops that I'm where I'm from. We don't have those fancy yeah. stores. And it was just one right after the other. So we were able to go in and look at it. And that that added to the experience and the camaraderie that you build with the other ladies that are there for the retreat. Yeah, cool. Well, that's a really cool. And then I'm assuming there was like shooting involved too. Like, did you guys have yeah. a day where somebody, you know, uh, walked you through how to take the gun apart, clean it? And then there was also some range time with Lena where she'd give you guys tips and stuff. Yes, I think that was probably similar to the Nashville retreat. You mm -hmm. have one session. Uh, we were separated into, into two different groups, and the one session would learn how to break the gun down, and we went through a cleaning session while the other group was shooting with Lena. And then we also had some self-defense training um, during that time, our time, with the cleaning portion. Those two were together, and that was really good and fun and I learned a lot. Um, I learned how to break away from someone who grabs me. And, you know, we laughed and it was it was a great time. Wow. Yeah. They didn't have that in my retreat. That's kind of cool. I was. Yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Very cool. What was your firearm experience before the retreat? Well, I have been shooting since I was a little girl. My dad used to take me out in the backyard and this is not safe. <laughs> we would shoot cans off the fence, um, yes. <laughs> not paying attention to our target and what is beyond. Um, I think back to that now and I'm like, I can't believe we did that. I would never tell anybody that that's okay to do. But I did it as a kid and I survived and I lived. Um, so I, I was introduced to firearms as a, as a young child, not child, I guess I was probably about 12 yeah. at the time. Um, and then I've just always enjoyed shooting. My husband and I um, love to shoot together. We were high school sweethearts and we used to go dove hunting during hunting season together. And that was, that was really, I was really more of a shotgun girl as mm -hmm. when I was younger, but um, as I've gotten older, it's kind of moved on to pistols. I started, a man told me, not my husband, um, that I needed to shoot a revolver because I couldn't handle anything else. So 
I didn't know any better. I got a revolver. I probably carried that for many years. And then eventually I switched over to a semi-automatic firearm. And then my husband and I both are firearms instructors and we teach a lot of classes together. So I, I went into the retreat with experience in shooting, and but I still learned from Lena when I was there. Yeah. So that's, that was going to be my next question is like, did you take away anything, you know, given that you have so much experience and you've been shooting for so long, was there anything that you were able to take away from, you know, this retreat? Yes, absolutely. Um, I did have a few aha moments during the shooting time. Lena encouraged us to take notes if we wanted to. So I took my little notebook with me because I'm a note taker, um, because I don't always remember afterwards, everything that, you know, was discussed or the learning experience, but I wrote down some things that she taught us. And uh, one funny thing that she would tell the girls is, you know, put your butt out when you're shooting, you know, do a little booty pop. And, <laughs> and I, that stuck with me. Um, I'm sorry to my daughters, if you're listening to that, you're mortified <laughs> by the fact that I just said booty pop uh, <laughs> out loud. But anyway, um, I have used that again with other ladies <laughs> during training. And then she also talked about, you know, your stance and getting a good firm stance and take your toes like their talons into the ground and, you know, so that you can't be pushed over. If someone comes up and pushes you, you're just really gripping hard. And I, that that was like, a, oh, yeah, that is great. That is a great um, illustration. And I have been able to use that um, with other ladies during training. Yeah, very nice. Yeah, I think so. Even, you know, me being a firearms instructor, there were still things that I took, like, you know, the way that Lena described something. And I was like, oh, that's a really good way of describing it. Maybe I'll use that in my class. But then I also learned, you know, for the longest time, I've always shot weaver position, or I'm sorry, no, uh -huh. isosceles position, where your feet are shoulder width apart, and your arms are completely extended. And essentially, you look like a triangle from, you know, if someone was looking from above. Mm -hmm. And now, like, she was like, yeah, what I do is I put, you know, I'm right-handed, so she puts her left foot in front of the other, and, like, vice versa. If you were left-handed, it'd be the right foot. And I was just like, huh, that's interesting, like, how even our stance has developed over time. But if I didn't take other people's classes, I would think that, nope, the isosceles is the way to go. This is what everyone's teaching. But, like, you know, with any sort of training and, and the way that uh, technology develops and, you know, even our guns and stuff, things do advance. And so now I've been trying to make sort of a mental note, like, okay, just put one foot in front of the other. And really, it kind of makes sense. And it gives you a lot more like you're, you're a lot more stable when you're shooting. Yeah. Yes, so, I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I was Excellent. thankful for that. All right. Awesome. Well, guys, if you are interested in attending the retreat, they do have one in Boca Raton, Florida coming up. Check it out. If you want to find out more information, head on over to sigsour.com forward slash rose. And then also, ladies, if you want to be part of our, you know, tight knit group, just search for Rose Community on Facebook. Join the Rose group there. And then also Sig Rose is also on Instagram. So go ahead and give them a follow there. Caldwell. So if you guys want a good affordable target for distance shooting that you could put up anywhere with no setup, check out the 33% pepper popper from Caldwell. The pepper poppers are awesome because they have a spring loaded target on a steel base that you could just set out like out in the field without putting up posts or anything. Just carry the target and stand and set it up 
And then the target is a long skinny silhouette that's popular for three gun competitions, which I'm sure, you know, if you've ever done a three gun competition, you've seen. Best of all, so right now that target, it's only $99. But then when you use the code GUNFUNNY10, all one word, you're going to get 10% off. And that is CaldwellShooting.com. Tactic Talk. Discussing popular guns and gear. Love it? Hate it? Find out now. Flux just introduced a whole new Raider chassis for the P365. So you guys have seen the one for the P320, which was really cool. But it was so popular that they decided to create a similar chassis for the P365. The Radar 365, it features a lightweight aluminum chassis and overall resembles its bigger sibling with excellent ergonomics, slide release, ambidextrous safety, and dual mag releases. It also has a spring-loaded brace that snaps into place with the push of a button, which is what you would see on the other one too. It's funny that it's that my editor chose this because I was actually just playing with mine the other day when I was doing inventory. Additionally, they created a blast shield and a six-inch barrel so that you can still use a smaller P365 gun without having the barrel dangerously behind your forward hand. Like its big brother, you can add accessories to it in front of the spear mag holder, ditch the rear elevated optic mount in favor of keeping the overall gun small and concealable, and you would just use an optic ready slide instead. Which, if you're already concealed carrying the P365X variant, you're going to be pretty close size-wise when this brace is folded up. Obviously, I guess the only downfall would be holster companies might have to step up their game if people actually want to carry this. And then on top of that, I mean, now that the brace rule enjoined nationwide, I think this is going to be pretty popular. But one thing is like they haven't officially released it yet. And I'm not sure when they will, but I'd imagine it's probably going to be here this year. But yeah, I mean, it looks pretty cool. And I don't know. I actually, I saw something kind of similar in this one company where they were saying it wasn't a brace and you just put it up against the grip of your gun. Like it was this plastic thing. And then you essentially like had like a stock on your gun and it would help you to shoot one handedly, you know, a little bit more, I guess, accurately but I, I will be honest like it just looked like a really dumb dumb setup but like with this flux has made some really nice stuff and it really does like that stock that they have behind it it is very compact and then just with like one push of the button it comes out and you suddenly have like a little pcc so it's definitely convenient Smith & Wesson, they just released the MMP15 Sport 3. It's specifically designed to be budget-friendly and allowing maximizing accessories and customization. There are two versions, including a 10-round for restricted states and then the 30-round. It also includes a free-flow M-Lock forend, a A2 flash hider, A2 grip and stock, and an integral oversight trigger guard all the building blocks to start adding accessories. And best of all, MSRP is just $7.99. So check it out, smith-wesson.com. Stupid, funny, cool, interesting, awesome, as f- Never mind, AF. 
Today in AF, Wayne Circus. Last week, news broke that a six-person Manhattan jury found against the National Rifle Association in the case brought by New York Attorney General Letitia James. This was not unexpected news and at least in parts correct. James is a rabid anti-gunner and had deliberately tried to take down the entire NRA in the case out of hatred for the organization and its members. Those attempts were thrown out by the judge, and instead the case ended up mostly about the executive's misspending of the gun rights group money, which I'm sure you've heard of, right? That, you know, he was found guilty of just uh, misappropriating funds and buying all of these like lavish trips and suits and, you know, all this stuff. And it was essentially he was spending, you know, what people donated to the NRA on this. Wayne LaPierre, decades of misspending of funds on personal luxury purchases were, of course, one of the key points. Wayne was ordered to repay more than $4.3 million to the NRA membership, which really doesn't seem like a sufficient amount considering how much he spent. And then on top of that, I don't know if you guys knew this, but his retirement, he negotiated when he announced his retirement right before this ruling. Reportedly, he gets $1 million a year of his retirement, which he never deserved that high of a salary to begin with. And then CFO Wilson Phillips was also ordered to reimburse the NRA for $2 million. Unfortunately, his cronies are still in power on the board, so it's unlikely we'll see any real reform in NRA leadership, unfortunately. But it will definitely be interesting to see what happens at the next NRA annual meeting. What we need to see really is just a purge of the people who supported Wayne and get fiscally responsible people in charge that support the Second Amendment. Absolutely. We need to get the organization back to truly, you know, fighting our rights instead of wastefully spending people's dues. Because, you know, really, I mean, the NRA was like our biggest proponent in this fight, and they've just been slacking the last couple of years. DJ, do you have anything to say about that or no? I think I have too many things to say, which I shouldn't say on air. I know. But, <laughs> yeah, that that's very interesting. You know, getting back to it, um, at the end of the day, I always look around the room whenever I'm at a, a trade show, anything of that nature. And I wonder who are the leaders of our industry? Mm -hmm. You know, with the NRA, I, you know, all the people I talk to, people don't quite have a good taste in their mouth. Yeah. At the end. And, you know, that's from within our industry. So I can see why people outside of our industry would not care much for the NRA either. It's just, um, yeah, it's just kind of sad to see. And, and I hope it gets changed so they can continue uh, fighting for us. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's obviously at this point, like we all need to group together and, and fight this fight. But like, it's really hard to come together when it's like there's a lot of, you know, crappy people in this industry that are just bringing us down. And unfortunately, that's been the NRA lately. And it's just not a good look for anybody in this gun industry when, you know, the biggest company and like people that, you know, people used to fear the NRA. And now it's just like a, like the laughing stock of everything. Yeah. Yeah. Incredibly frustrating. All right. Well, now it is time to wrap up. Before we do, though, you guys wrote me two good reviews. And I think I just need one more before I pick a lucky winner for the Gators glasses. This first review is from white underscore or I'm sorry, one underscore white underscore T-U-N titled Great Show Five Stars. Always enjoy listening to the podcast it makes Mondays better and birds aren't real. <laughs> that makes me laugh because I had a guest on the show and I was like, haven't you heard the term birds aren't real? And he had never heard of it. And I was like, okay, dude, are you really in the gun industry? 
And then second is from Justin Paulson titled Another Amazing Episode, Five Stars. Gun Funny is an amazing podcast, having listened to every episode since 2021 religiously when they come out on Monday morning. Ava Flav is full of wealth and knowledge in the gun industry, and she brings on some of the most entertaining guests that make the podcast very easy to listen to. Awesome. Well, next podcast, I will be announcing a winner, guys. So again, I don't know if we have already just that review or if we don't, but we need one more. And then after that, write a review anyways, because then I'm going to give away something else after 10 reviews. If you guys want to find me, just go to gunfunny.com. There's links to everything. If you enjoy the show and you'd like to contribute, consider becoming a patron. You can make a one-time donation or a monthly donation. And then you also automatically get entered to win a $300 gift certificate from Blown Deadline. He does awesome Cerakote jobs. And then also $5 and up patrons will get a Patreon-only patch after being a patron for three months, and it will never be available for sale. Also wanted to thank the $25 Patreons who are Say Colsters, Daniel Treadwell, Keith Callamore, Daniel Lee, Nick Theodosian, Tristan Smith, Melissa Ridings, William Nave, Patrick Homer, and then King of the Patron, Jon Snow. And DJ, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you for all your hard work and being there for the gun industry and just being a great resource. And then also kudos to you for, you know, Lionheart Industries. You guys are doing really cool stuff over there too. Can you remind people once again, so if they want to join arms directory or check out like the Vulcan nine or, you know, anything else at Lionheart industries. Can you just tell us what those two websites are and then also what your social media handles are? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, Lionheart industries is as simple as lionheartindustries.com and arms directory, uh, arms directory slash register would be the direct link to register, or you can go to arms directory.com slash activity. If you just want to see our social feed, and you can follow us on all the social channels. It's uh, usually just slash arms directory, such as YouTube, uh, X, I guess it's, it's called now, Facebook, etc. which feels like a conflict of interest being a social media platform on other social media platforms, <laughs> but state of the world. Yeah, I absolutely agree. All right. Well, thank you so much, guys. You'll hear from me next week. I hope you have a great week and we'll talk soon. <laughs> Want to send feedback? Tell us about a company or anything else. Go to gunfunny.com forward slash contact. <laughs>